0: Today is about giving thanks. I think Jeremy said it a minute ago, it's a time to give thanks, both for, yes, it's this time of year that we give thanks, but also because this November 2018 is the two year anniversary of what we're called the REACH Initiative, and we want to just take some time, this service, kind of a unique service uh, this morning to really to give thanks to God Um, for not only for what he has done uh, in this church and is doing, but for who he is. So before you sit down, let's read the text together this morning for our service. It's the 100th Psalm, just five short verses. Read along with me, Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. The 100th Psalm, it's short, these five verses are really a summons to worship. Some, you know, Bible uh, uh, students and scholars call this an imperative hymn because there are seven, in five verses, imperative verbs, that is, verbs that call for immediate action, that all invite the congregation, in this case, uh, the, the people of Israel and now us, into worship, right? Shout for joy, Come before him. Know that he is God. Give him thanks. Give him praise. All of these are imperative calls to worship. So what we want to do today, unusual kind of for us. The band is staying here. We're going to sing some more. Is to really ask all of us to respond. It's really a service of response. To shout and sing. We're going to sing again in a minute or two. A few minutes. To to give God praise. To pray to him. And ultimately to give him thanks for who he is and for what he's done. And we'll give you opportunities to do that as we get closer to the end of the service. First point in I want to share while, while the band is still with us here is to give God thanks for who he is. Right? That's what this psalm is calling us to do. And by the way, this, this psalm is not a prayer to God. Sometimes that's the case in the scriptures or in the psalms. It is really a statement to others about God. That's why it says, shout to the Lord, right? Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth, right? It's really an opportunity as the people of God, in this case, were sort of ascending their way up to the temple. That's why it says later, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. There's this idea that they're sort of marshaling their way up to church, right? And they're giving a shout because it's, it's a statement to others about the goodness of God, right? It's the most basic affirmation that we can make about God, and you see it highlighted even in the fifth verse, is that God is good, right? For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. Now, what does it mean that God is good? It means that all that makes life possible, all that makes life worthwhile, right? All that good, that's what God is about. And what we ought to be looking for, what we ought to be Um, praising God for, what we ought to be praying about, what we ought to be searching for if you're in a relationship with God is his goodness, right? There's an ancient uh, medieval popular theologian said these words, the highest form of prayer is to the goodness of God. God only desires that our soul cling to him with all its strength, in particular that it clings to his goodness For of all the things our minds can think about, it is thinking about his goodness that pleases him the most and brings the most profit to our soul. Listen carefully to these words, the 145th Psalm. I will exalt you, my God the king. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate, that is his deeds, your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. You know, I I think that many of us, I'll throw myself in there as well, in many ways, when it comes to the goodness of God, we're practical atheists. You know, we spend much of our time, right? Much of our our imaginations, much of our best energies are spent thinking about, responding to, complaining about the brokenness of our world and even our own brokenness, both real things, when we are invited, right? Instead, to give our imaginations to God. And the irony is, when we do that, when I do that, we keep ourselves from the very joy that we're longing for that we never can seem to find in the things that we spend most of our energies occupied with. C.S. Lewis, famous uh, writer, many of you know him. He gives some of his testimony in a book on his Um, reflections on the Psalms, right? And he said this, if some of you know his story. He said, you know, when I first came into a relationship with God, when I was exploring a relationship with God, this whole idea of praising God, giving God glory, you know, God giving, affirming God's goodness. He said, I had a real hard time with it. I didn't understand it. It rubbed me the wrong way because I thought, who would want to worship a God who has such a small ego? it seemed almost as if God needed to be assured of his goodness like he was a celebrity, right? He said, until I finally came to understand that that's not what it was about at all, right? God commands us to worship. He invites us to worship because it's in worship He communicates who He is. It's not because God has a small ego. It's because only when you and I are lifted out of a focus on our brokenness, out of a focus on this darkness of this world, out of a focus on my own darkness that I'm brought in where God and His goodness captures my imagination, captures your imagination, that we are lifted to live the kind of life that God has called us to live. He said these words. Listen carefully. This is a little heady, but I'd say it's a it's also a, an arrow to the heart for many of us. The most obvious fact about praise, Lewis said, whether it's a praise of God or anything else, strangely escaped me. I thought of it in terms of compliment, approval, or giving of honor, like you're giving God a compliment. I had never noticed that all enjoyment of anything, Spontaneously overflows into praise. The world rings with praise. Lovers praise each other, readers their favorite book, walkers the countryside, players their favorite team. Praise of weather, wines, actors, colleges, countries, children, right? Goes on. I had not noticed either that just as men spontaneously praise whatever they value, they so they. So they spontaneously urge us to join them in praising it. Isn't she beautiful? Wasn't it glorious? Don't you think it was magnificent? I went Friday night to see Les Misérables at the Auditorium Theatre for ready the fifth time. Okay, and even after seeing it five times, I just wanted who have I not yet called that I can talk to and tell them how amazing. That I just wanted to just call someone and start singing, I have a dream, you know, or something, okay? <laughs> the psalmist, in telling everyone to praise God, are doing what all men do when they speak about what they care about. Listen to this. I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses it, but it completes the enjoyment. It is, appreci- it is the appointed consummation, Right? praising God. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is is incomplete until it is expressed, right? In communicating, uh, excuse me, in commanding us to worship Him, God is inviting us to enjoy Him. Amen? We're to give God thanks for who He is. And second, this psalm invites us to give God thanks for what He has done for us. Verse 3 of this great psalm. Know that the Lord is God, it is He who made us. We are His and we are His people, the sheep of His pasture. It's not only about God made us. But God is, our, of course, our Redeemer. If you were here last week, my uh, friend Gary Brandenburg was here, and he, he quoted this verse of Scripture uh, from Ephesians 2, 8, 9, a familiar verse to many of us. You know, for uh, by grace have you been saved through faith. And he went on to talk about, you know, that nobody becomes a Christian except when you, you know, every, it's a simple act of belief, right? Faith, I trust in what God has done for me, what God has done for us. We put our faith, our trust in the finished work of Jesus, we become a Christian. And even as a Christian, we grow because we express our faith, our belief, a deeper belief in who God is. But he said, listen, don't miss the, 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 the language of that psalm. He says, yes, it's by faith, but before you express faith, it says by grace through faith. Before I ever make a decision to express my faith in God as a non-Christian, as to become a Christian, or as a Christian to have a deeper experience with God, it's preceded by a work of God's grace, right? Right? And God's grace is sent to us. His love, his forgiveness, is sent to us in advance, like an arrow coming at your life. You don't ask for it. It comes your way, right? This is the gospel. This is what's so amazing about the gospel. It comes into our lives. That's what we mean when we say, listen, for the Lord is good. His love endures forever. It's not a quid pro quo. Nobody is a Christian. Nobody is in the family of God, so to speak, because of anything they've done, right? It's because of God's amazing grace. I had an opportunity over the last maybe year to meet and, and, and to have some conversations with a homeless guy, a vet who, who's, who um, you know, stands by a street corner not too far from my daily journeys, from between, let's say, the house and the church. And I've, you know, bought him some hamburgers and given him some basics. But probably sick three, maybe two, three months ago, Um, I started to have more serious conversations, and I said to myself, I'm going to invite this guy um, to Thanksgiving dinner, you know. So I thought about it, and finally, a month, about a month ago, I did, and he was reluctant. We kept talking about it, and, and, you know, I even got out of the car. We'd have long conversations, and finally, when it got close, you know, I had a conversation with him, and I really tried my best. He didn't come, but he said, you know, I really do appreciate it. But let me be real honest with you. You know, we'd gotten past the superficial uh, stuff, and he said, um, I'm, "I couldn't do that because I would be too ashamed to be in your home." You know, I, he goes, "I just would be too ashamed. I couldn't do it." You know, and, and I, I tried my best. He didn't come. But as I, after that, I began to think about um, the church, right? Our church, this church, and I thought to myself, you know, how many people. Um, would not come to a church like this or come to church because they feel ashamed. I said, do people feel ashamed that they wouldn't want to come? You don't have to, you know, be a homeless person to feel, to feel ashamed about things in your life, right? There's people all around us, right, uh, who live in very nice homes and drive very nice automobiles, have very uh, respectable careers who still have a lot of shame. When it comes to the things of God. But we are called as a community to let people know that God loves them, that God knows who they are. It is He who made us, nobody made themselves, and that He loves them and He's ready to forgive them. Psalm 145, again, verse 17, same Psalm we were in a minute ago. The Lord is righteous in all His ways. And faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him. Not he's near to certain people that go to certain backgrounds or have a certain you know look or feel or socioeconomic to people who do good, who do the right thing, for people who got their act together. No, it says the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries and saves them, right? Isn't that amazing? I think it's happening here, guys. That's what I want to say. That's why we're here today, just to celebrate, to give thanks to God for who he is, for what he's done. Everything that we have been doing, now I'm talking about the last couple years, you know, this, this REACH initiative, has been about, Inviting people in this community, right? Whether they're homeless or in live in a very nice home, who do not know that God knows them, he loves them, and he's ready to forgive them. On the cover of our bulletin today, okay, with permission, I put this guy's picture on here, okay? Just want you to know that. We, we if you ever see your picture on the bulletin, I've asked your permission, okay? <laughs> One of the guys is Sherwin Damdar, who's an elder, and the other guy, the center of this, um, is a guy along with his wife two weeks ago who were baptized, or maybe three, were baptized in this service, Antonio Iniquas. And Antonio, you know, Vanessa, his wife, has been at this church for many years, but was never baptized because she wanted her husband to be baptized with her. And she came, her kids came for many years. And her husband, you know, would, would, would come maybe at Easter or Christmas, but was, was not a believer an agnostic and was not interested. But I got to know him over the last year or so. And, and, and God's done a work in his life, brought him through some things. And he sat in a church service here in June, out in the tent. And he heard God call his name, so to speak. He is near those, he, 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 is, he hears those who, uh, he is near to all who call on him and to call on him in truth. And he opened his life in a service to receive Christ. It was the first Sunday in June we shared communion. And after the service, I'll never forget it, I was in this hallway right outside the main doors here in, in A Hallway. He came looking for me and, uh, and he, he kind of had tears in his eyes and he said, Pastor, and I said, what? And he said, I want you to know something. And I said, what? He said, I received my first communion today. By which he meant, I opened my life. I heard God's um, nearness, and I, I received him as my Savior. Can I watch this brief
1: video. I'm an engineer, and I've always had this... Um very scientific oriented mind. There were some things I couldn't reconcile between the Bible and science and things of that nature. So that created uh, uh, skepticism in me. There was a big uh, gap between uh, God and what I thought it was the truth, right? And I just couldn't reconcile both. My wife uh, has been a Christian for uh, all her life and she knew where I was, uh, my beliefs. Um, I would call myself uh, an agnostic. Years went by uh, and I would come and go to church. I would go through periods that I wouldn't come at all. And uh, eventually, uh, in the past year and a half, um, I hit a very rough patch, uh, a lot of anger issues. The reason why I was angry was um, because I'm trying to control my family, control uh, my work, control the events of my life. And that created this uh, anxiety, anger, uh, depression. Uh, And I couldn't find um, things to to bring me joy.
2: So the last couple of years, I've definitely, we definitely both hit rock bottom. And when you're down at ground zero, (laughs) there's nowhere to look but up. It
1: came in in the first week of June of uh, this year. Um, uh, during the sermon, uh, Pastor Rob was talking about uh, Martha and, and Jesus, and uh, there's only one thing you have to worry about. At that moment, it uh, it just came down to me. I finally understood all the things that I was worrying about. I shouldn't. That's um, that all my troubles, my Uh, issues with controlling my fate, my destiny uh, didn't belong to me and I decided to give uh, my life to Christ
2: I kind of had this the sensation of feeling like knowing it was coming but my husband was sitting next to me in the gym and I thought this is the moment
1: my life uh, it it feels that it has a purpose now
2: he is uh, present with us he is in the moment with us. He is seeing us and hearing us and talking to us and thinking about us and coming back to us. And it's a real dynamic relationship in our family that's alive and thriving now um, because God is in the house.
1: What Jesus means to me is um, it's a definition of love. Um, that he loves me for who I am not for who I think I need to be, that he accepts me how I come.
2: We got baptized together because we wanted to be washed anew. We wanted to be, um, you know, a new people in Christ and, and, and new peop- new, a new marriage in Christ and new parents in Christ. We wanted all of these things, and with God we are. He's definitely in our house. And he's in our family, and he's leading it now. And it's amazing.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: That's a three-minute version of the vision of our church. That's what it's about. That's all it's about, um, is helping people... Um, whatever they look like, um, whatever their backstory, come to understand what they don't know, right? It's for the people in your life. It's for the people on your street and my street who don't know that Christianity is not a brand of politics, who don't know that it's uh, some external moral code that you can live by, but that it is a message of what God has done for them, of forgiveness and an invitation to a new life, right? That's what this is all about, what we're doing. This leads to our application, ready? We're wrapping up. We want to give thanks for God for who he is. We want to thank God for what he has done for us individually. i want to give you time to pray about it or give thanks in your own heart and in the life of this church, but in worship, right? That's what this psalm is about. It's a summons to worship. We give our best back to God, right? We give our best back to God. That's why there are seven imperative verbs, right? It's an invitation. It's sort of over the top. Shout, come, give thanks, sing with all your heart. Give thanks, give praise, you know, with, to his, to his, uh, as you're making your way into church kind of experience, right? Seven loud imperative verbs. It's not a statement Uh, It's not a prayer to God. It's a statement about God to the world. That's why it says, shout to all the earth. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. It's a summons to offer ourselves to God. This is where I want to end. I want you to think about it. Give you an opportunity to do that. The first way, how do you do that, pastor? How do I offer myself to God? The first place you need to start with is your heart, right? Worship the Lord with gladness right? You can't fake that. It's from your heart. And people say to me and have asked me, I've asked myself, how do I worship God with my heart? I'll tell you, it's very concrete. You need to start each day, you can do it today in a few minutes here privately, by giving God your desires. That's how you worship God with your heart, right? You say to God, listen, God, this is what I want. This is what I feel I need. This is who I want in my life. This is who I think I need, but I'm going to give those desires to you, and I'm going to say, God, I pray I'm going to give this to you, and I'm open to whatever you want to give me back in response, right? I need to give God my desires. Do you know how to do that? Do I know how to do that? Second, quickly, how do we offer ourselves to God in worship? We give them our heart. Second, we need to give them our time. And our talents, I think there's many people in this room, in this community, who are not experiencing the joy that the Bible talks about, right? God commands us to worship him so that we might enjoy him. We are not experiencing the joy the Bible talks about because we're not giving our best to God, right? We really aren't. We're kind of of, um, a spectator sport Christianity, right? And we have to give ourselves to God by God's mercy. Brothers and sisters, because of the mercy of God, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, he's not really talking about your body. He's not really talking about putting yourself on an altar. It's a metaphor. It's in an a nail. you saying, listen, you want to worship God. You got to give him everything. Give him your time. Give him your talents. There are people in this church let me tell you something. This is gonna sound like I'm being, you know, falsely modest. I'm the pastor of this church, I'm the preacher guy, because some of my other people didn't say yes. Okay, that's the honest truth. Okay? That's the truth. There are people in this congregation, the gifts and the talents and the skills that could be used for any number of things to see more people like Antonio in this community. Young and old, black and white, you know, homeless and uber rich and everything in between who do not know Christ as their Savior through creative means, through various and sundry ways. But you got to get in the game, right? How do I worship? How do I give God my best? With your time and with your talents, okay? Last, you need to give God a portion of your resources, okay? A portion of your resources. Let me tell you something that you've probably heard before. If you're, if, you're, you know, if you're a guest and you're checking things out, then you may not believe this. That's okay. But let me tell you what the Bible says to the rest of us. Everything that you have, everything that I have, not just my money, right, um, or my, um, my uh, you know, accumulated wealth, everything you have is from God. Your, your, your kids are from God to you on loan. That's what the Bible says. Your, your, your clothes in your closet, every shirt, every pair of pants is on loan from God. He owns it all, right? That's what the Bible says. And I'm a steward with it. You are a steward with it. And we are called to give back to God as an act of worship, not because he needs it. He said, if I were hungry, would I ask you? Right? No, not because he needs it, because it's in giving back to God that we, he communicates himself to us. It's how we thank God. It's how we praise him. I had the opportunity, as you know, with uh, Jason and Karen and um, Pete, Mike, and, and, and a couple others from our church, uh, Beatrice and Manny, who are key volunteers, to go to Peru a couple weeks ago. We'll talk more about it. And Pastor Juan, who's our, 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 our sister church pastor who was here in, in July, or in August. He said, listen, Pastor Rob, I'm speaking on the Sermon on the Mount, and it just happens to be, you know, as we come down to November 11th, it's the money talk. So that's what I want you to talk about my congregation. You know, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And I said, oh, that's fine, Juan. You know, I don't mind talking to your congregation about money. (laughs) But let me tell you something. In this study, I'll just give you the whole sermon in 30 seconds. Give you the full thing in January. But anyway... (laughs) Uh, seriously, it's, it's a passage I've studied before. It says, where your treasure is, finish it for me. There your heart will be also. And It's just one of these hidden and plain sight things I never saw before. And it's, there are two verbs in that passage. One is present tense, one is future. It says, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. It's not what it says. There's where your heart will be. And what I think Jesus is saying is this. It's, it's, it's what C.S. Lewis was saying, in a manner of speaking. saying, listen, you know, uh, people, if you want to know where people's money is, if, if people who talk about their family a lot, it's because that's where all their money is when their kids are young. People who talk about their lake house because they're in a season where they love it. People who are looking at stocks, that's what, in other words, where your treasure is, where you invest yourself, where well, there your heart's going to be also, right? If you put all your money into the poor, I'm just, you know, just making this up, or or it, then you'll start paying attention to the poor. If you put all your money into, you know, into the Tom Galasano, something, something at the hospital, you'll start paying attention to what's going on there. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And here was the message, you know, people say to me, maybe to you, you know, I, pastor, I would love to be, I'd love to care more about the poor. Well, Jesus tells you how to care about the poor. Put your money there, right? Where your treasure is, then your heart will follow, Pastor, I'd like to care more about the things of the church, more about stories like this. Well, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, okay? So this is an opportunity for us. I'm going to just give us a time to pray together, to respond. In worship, we give our best back to God. Some of you, some of us, use, these, use this brief time to give your desires to God. Right? You've been, you've been fighting with God for something. Maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a possession, maybe it's a job, maybe it's a circumstance. And you say, God, this is what I want. This is what I need. Maybe it is what you need. Maybe it is what, or what you what you need. Give it to God. And say, God, I'm gonna give it to you. I'm gonna give you my desires. Right? That's probably a lot harder than giving him money. And I'm and see what God gives back. Some of you need to give them your time, right? And your talents right? Don't give God your leftovers. Give him your time. Give him your talents. Get in the game. Be a part of seeing uh, this world change in some way. And some of you, right, need to pull out your checkbook, in a manner of speaking, right, and get in the game here. I mentioned this the last couple of weeks. We, we spent eight and a half million dollars. You'll see the last of that when we open the theater next Sunday. It's next Sunday, December 2nd already, yeah, bring a family friend, someone that you just maybe in a church goer, and, and, and as we as we celebrate this new theater, right, the last piece of this puzzle. It's great. I have no regrets, right, no regrets. And uh, some of you have, have have done amazing in in your giving. Uh, others haven't gotten joined the party yet, right? Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Maybe that's how you need to give back. Designate a gift to this. Effort. Um, but let's take a time right now, and then we're going to take our offering and sing again and be done. But just take with me 60 seconds. We, in worship, we give our best back to God. Just use this time privately. If you need to give God your heart desires, do it. If you need to acknowledge your need to give Him your time and your talents, do it. Use these just this minute, and then we're going to take our offering and we're going to sing. God and Father, we come to you. We acknowledge that you are the Lord God. It is you that has made us. We didn't make ourselves. We are yours, your creation. And Lord, we also want to acknowledge by, faith, by the grace of God, by the, by the sacrifice of Jesus, we are your people. We are the sheep of your pasture, so to speak. You are our shepherd, our guide in life. You are the, meet, the, the one who meets our deepest needs. God, we love you. We, we are so grateful for your goodness, for all that is worthwhile and meaningful in life. Lord, it is found in you, and we celebrate you. We love you. We thank you for, the, for who you are, not just for what you've done for us. And Lord, as we, as we respond today, I pray you'd hear the prayers throughout this room, that you would take these desires, that you would take these needs, Lord, that you would receive our offering of our hearts. You would receive our offering of our lives more fully to your service. And you'd receive our gifts, our offering as we give now. We love you, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. It was great to be in worship with you this morning, for I pray and send us out. um, Let me mention, I didn't mention this last hour, that this Friday night, um, the Houghton um, Choir and Orchestra and whole, um, you know, music community, so to speak, are doing their one, you know, they're traveling, doing their production here. And I just asked Brandy, I think there are still not a lot of tickets left, um, but there are some. I'm sure it's less than 100, but if you want to grab one, you can do that uh, at the info desk or online. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for the truths that we talked about today, that we sang about today, that we prayed about today, that although we are not what we will be, or even can be. Lord, you invite us to be more than we are, that we might affirm your goodness, that we might, after, we might go after a greater knowledge of your goodness, that in worshiping you, we might hear from you, experience you. And Lord, I pray for every prayer that was prayed in this room that you would answer it, Lord, in your own way and in your time, that you would hear the cries of your people, that you would demonstrate that you are near to all who call upon you, whoever they are, wherever they're, whatever they did uh, in their lives, whatever kind of baggage they might be carrying, we might be carrying, Lord, that you would hear and answer that you would send your grace, that you would show that you are our shepherd and we are simply your sheep. We love you. We thank you. I pray for this church, Lord, just one church in this corner of um, the world. Lord, I pray that you might, this might be an outpost, our lives might be an outpost for the reckless love of God. That is to say that people would know um, that our homes are open our hearts are open our our pocketbooks are open our our um, cars are open our our uh, coffee table is open our church is open for business we want to we want to invite people Lord just to know um, of your amazing love and we love you and we thank you in Jesus name amen